At City of Life, we are in the year of hearing heaven. And upon first thought, that might be a difficult thing to consider being part of your everyday life, hearing heaven. It may seem like an ability reserved for the most holy members of the faith. It may seem out of your league. But in this message today by Pastor Amy Smith entitled Hearing God's Voice, she breaks down three principles we must follow to hear heaven in our day to day. Be encouraged this week to seek moments of genuine silence as we pursue God's voice and enjoy this message from the City of Life Church podcast. And so the word of the year for City of Life Church is this is the year of hearing heaven. Does that resonate with anybody here this morning? Because I think that that's a really beautiful promise from God that if you would hold on to that, that could apply to you as an individual as well as corporately for our church family. But the year of hearing heaven, that's a beautiful thing to me. And today I felt like it was really important that I give you some practical tips on how to do just that. Maybe to help set this year in motion, kind of get the ball rolling for 2019 so that you, in fact, can hear from heaven. And so today, my teaching is called Hearing God's Voice. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you that already, Lord, we sense you here. And I know that every time you come into a gathering just like this and you, your presence is felt and known God, that you come with purpose and on purpose. Lord, I thank you that there is revelation to be gained today. Lord, that there is change to go through today. I thank you, Father, that today you would speak to each individual. You know each of our needs, God, and you would have no other intention because you are a loving Father but to meet those needs. We just thank you for who you are today. You are faithful you are just, you are holy, and we are expectant to hear from you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, everyone who is part of this congregation said amen. If you make it too general, no one will say it, but you're here. So hey, glad you're here. So as a parent, I'm actually in a really, I'm in a really great place. I just want to make sure that all of you young parents know that you too will be in this place one day. It is a beautiful season of my parenthood that I now have a 16-year-old, a 13-year-old, and my youngest is seven, about to be eight. And I'm finally at the place, the very freeing place as a parent. I'm finally, finally at the place where none of my children have to ask me for snacks. None of them. No one has to come to my side of the bed and tap me on a Saturday morning and say Cheerios or juice. They know how to get their own Cheerios. Can I get an amen from all the parents who have been through that season? They know how to get their own juice. They know how to put the little tricky straw inside of the Capri Sun. Why do they make that hole so small? Can we just, like, and it's just really... But Zoe can do it on her own. I am so proud. And, you know, I have raised these children and gotten to this point and taught them independence and self-sufficiency because that's what good parents do, right? We don't need to get them snacks forever. 
Amen? They can get their own goldfish. And wouldn't it be weird if I still spoon-fed my 16-year-old Mia? A little, a little awkward. I had to come to school every day at 12 at her lunchtime and say, here you go, open up, you know, here's the, the airplane. That'd be very odd. So there just comes a time naturally. Now, I just want to make sure everyone knows I'm still a good mom. They get their own snacks, but I still get, you know, chilies to go for dinner. So they are well fed and well taken care of. Just being totally honest, this girl does not cook very well. And so I still make sure that, you know, all of their needs are taken care of. I even have a driver now, and that, hallelujah. She can go to the grocery store for me. She can get the chilies to go. Just make sure they put my Diet Coke in the order. That's all. Personal thing. But wouldn't it be strange if they still relied on us as adults, as they matured? But see, as believers, wouldn't you know, it's actually the same exact way. That I believe we ought to finally mature to the point in our walk with the Lord where we become very self-sufficient in growing in our faith. That we have this unsettled part of who we are, that we're no longer content to just be spoon-fed second-hand information, second-hand revelations from God. There should come a point in our maturity as believers that we are no longer sustained by just hand-me-down words from God. In fact, that we should be able to hear from God on our own. Do you know, it's just too common that we believe this very lie from the enemy that only certain people can hear the voice of God. That's what the enemy wants to trick you into believing. I believed it for a very long time as a young person, as a young Christian. That God only spoke to Billy Graham. Or God only spoke to pastors and leaders. God only spoke to prophets. But in fact, I want you to understand clearly today that God is speaking to you as an individual. He does not have preferential treatment, although we honor the office of the pastor. There's no greater privilege in my life other than being a wife and a mom than pastoring this church. And I thank you for putting your trust in me. But you are only being fed from my personal relationship with God. I do not have some access to heaven that you do not have. Pastor Jeff does not have some access, some vantage point to heaven that you do not personally have as a believer. So the first way, if you're taking notes, number one, the first way we learn to hear God's voice is that we have to believe he's speaking to you. Believe he's speaking to me, to us as individuals. See, although we get to be fed from Stephen Furtick and T.D. Jakes and all these great men and women of God that definitely have really great insight and beautiful revelations that can help you know, edify us, the way that the Holy Spirit speaks to them is no different than the way he could speak to you. You just have to believe he's actually doing so. That's the first step, is believing that you have access 
to hearing the voice of God. And that he, in fact, wants to speak to you and is speaking to you. We appreciate the blessing of having pastors and having leaders. And when we come together just like this, that we can know that you know, we're receiving a general word from God. This is a general word from God, hoping that people will gain revelation individually and that maybe you can just go home and you can process and you can do these things and, and, and act these things out and learn from this. But there has to come a point there has to come a point in your spiritual walk. If you want true maturity, if you want breakthrough, if you want revelation and go to the next level, that you realize, oh wait, I'm, just, I'm not content to just receive a general word. I need to know what God wants for me as an individual. That's not my job to speak that to you. You need to learn. You need to hear from God what job you're supposed to have. You need to hear from God what person you're supposed to marry. Hello, all the single people. Any single people, all married people here. No one wants to hear from God. Where are all the single people out? Give me a whoop, whoop. Oh, way more than I thought. Y'all just didn't want to say it. I see, I see. New year, new you. Got it. But you need to hear from God specifically about where he wants you to live, what house to buy, what doors to walk through, what doors to avoid, what relationships to lean into, what relationships to cut out of your life. It is not your leader's job to do that. God uses prophets. God uses pastors and teachers, but he speaks to you as an individual for, pastors and teachers and leaders confirm what God has already spoken to you. It should never be out of the blue. I should not look at you and say, thus saith the Lord, you're called to be a doctor and you're a lawyer. That would not make sense. It should confirm something God has already spoken to you. Amen. <laughs> Ephesians 2.19 says, You are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are children of the city of the holy ones with all the rights as family members of the household of God. It said all the rights. Not some, and this is not talking to only leaders, only prophets. It is talking to believers. Romans 8, 17 says, and since we are his true children, we qualify. That's all it takes. We qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself heirs of God himself and since we are joined to Christ we also inherit all that he is and all that he has we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven we are co-heirs with Jesus the seal so so the only difference is if your faith is in the redeeming power of Jesus Christ if you have called on him to be your savior you have put your faith in him you immediately become part of the family of God. You immediately become a co-heir with Christ. You immediately, the seal of your faith is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that speaks to Stephen Furtick speaks to you. The same Holy Spirit that used and spoke through Billy Graham can speak to you. He lives and resides within you. Yeah. 
the same power available to the Holy Spirit, the same anointing available to the Holy Spirit, because he it resides within you, it's the same power you operate in. See, in the Old Testament, the reason that the psalmist said, don't take your spirit from me, is because the Holy Spirit would come upon people for certain tasks or certain situations. But then the Spirit would be removed when those things were completed. But in the New Testament, because of Jesus coming and because when he, when he went away, when he ascended to heaven, he said, I'm going, but I'm sending someone to be your helper. And that is the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is indwelling in you. He is the, the third part of the Trinity. And he is not the third part because he has lesser value from the Father and the Son. He's just the third part because he's the last one mentioned and revealed in the Bible. That's it. And he is dwelling on the inside of you and me. Are you believing the lie today that God is not, in fact, speaking to you? As a young person, I grew up in this church, actually. I got saved here when I was four. I got baptized by Pastor Gary when I was seven. I went to youth group here. This was just... The only thing I knew as a safe haven because I had a troubled home growing up, I love this church. It's in me. But Pastor Janice has been my mentor since I was a little girl. And she used to stand on this very stage and on the stage over in David Hall when that was our sanctuary. And she would say, I am God's favorite. And I'd be like, duh. Like, clearly, like, she's, like, a modern-day Catherine Coleman. She's just, like, an actual angel, and I just fully believed her. And I just thought, wow, wouldn't that be neat? <laughs> wouldn't that be special? And then finally, I got my own revelation. I was like, oh, wait a second. God doesn't play favorites. You're his favorite, too. We're all his favorite. It doesn't diminish other people's revelation of what God is speaking to them. Grandjan is his favorite. I'm his favorite. You're his favorite. He has his hand on your life. And there's not some connection to heaven that some people have that you cannot have access to. Have you ever thought that? I've thought that before. I thought only his favorites get to hear certain things. He, he withholds certain information so that, no. It's just certain people have dedicated their lives in a specific way to make sure that they're constantly hearing from heaven. That's the only difference, is the discipline in their lives. Their devotion to Jesus. But he is speaking to you today. Are you listening he is speaking to you today. We have to get to the place of expectation and anticipation of hearing his voice. I love this quote. A.W. Tozer said, The one who does not expect that God will speak will discount every single time he does speak. If you're not expecting that he would speak, you'll just think it was coincidence or really great timing or your conscience or a feeling or an idea that you had. But in fact, if you recognize that it's the person of the Holy Spirit 
speaking to you, confirming something, you will realize that was God's voice. I don't know about you, I've never heard the audible voice of God. Elijah calls it the still small voice. So I want to, you know, Jiminy Cricket gave some really terrible advice. <laughs> That's a really bad joke. I should, I, after first service, I should have just taken this out. But he said, let your conscience be your guide. That is horrible advice. Horrible. Your conscience is part of your soulish man. The, the part that is a fallen part of your humanity. It's still to be redeemed. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and your conscience is a part of that. So to follow, let your conscience be your guide or to follow your heart is horrible. In fact, when you become a believer, I want you to understand the difference. When you become a believer, the Holy Spirit steps into your life, and he, in fact, says, hey, conscience, come here for a second. Well, we got to talk. She's trying to listen to the Holy Spirit. She's trying to listen to the voice of God. Now we can work together, and she will know what she's supposed to do. She will know the answer. Have you ever had, have you ever gone to a place that maybe you shouldn't have gone, or gone to a party that you thought was perfectly fine, and once you got there, you just had like that, mm, like you've been there. Just had that feeling. Or maybe you've been in the middle of a conversation that took a little bit of a left turn and you're like, whoa, this got real negative real quick and you had that feeling. That is not your conscience if you are a believer. That is the Holy Spirit quickening you and speaking to you. And the more we recognize that that's his voice, the more we'll recognize it in every situation of our lives. That's what it feels like to hear from the Holy Spirit, to hear the voice of God. It's to know he's speaking and he's showing you things throughout your life, your everyday life. He wants to be a part of everything that you're doing. See, there's a divine frequency that we have to tune into as believers. Back in the day when you would be on a road trip and Billie Jean would come on the radio, anybody like some Michael Jackson? Don't act too holy. Come on, guys. Okay. Love me some Michael Jackson. Billie Jean would come on the radio and you would be going north on, what do you do? On turnpike? How do you go north? 75? I'm horrible with directions. So as you're going north, <laughs> you would get to a point where the frequency of the radio station that Billie Jean was on, you're right in the middle of your jam and you're just having like so much fun and then all of a sudden you get just to a certain point on the road, you're a little too far north and some static comes on. Anybody familiar with that? Back in the day, you actually could take the dial, digital cars don't have this, digital radio stations, but you could take the dial and just, just turn it just a little, and you could finish your jam. Right. Billie Jean, you know, could be completed, and then you have to change the radio station. Nowadays, you can't do that. So young people, this analogy is terrible for you. But that's what we have to do with the voice of God. We have to believe he's speaking to us and we have to fine tune our spiritual senses. The Bible says, he that hath an ear, let him hear. That's referring to your spiritual senses. Obviously, we have five natural senses, but the Bible's not talking about he that hath an ear, let him hear just for the sake of like, you know, the audible opportunity to hear the voice of God. No, he's talking about your spiritual senses. 
Your spirit man has to hear what the voice of the Lord is saying. And we have to be responsible enough to fine tune our hearing to what he's saying. And it starts with believing he's actually speaking to you as an individual. So it's not a coincidence. It's not a feeling. It's the Holy Spirit. Number two, to hear the voice of God, we have to learn what his voice sounds like. We have to learn what his voice sounds like. I'm going to read a passage from John 10, 1 through 4. It says, Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. John ten twenty seven says, My own sheep will hear my voice, and I know each one, and they will Follow me. Shepherding in biblical times is a lot different than anything we would know of shepherding now. I don't know of many shepherds nowadays, but I do know that shepherding now looks a lot different because helicopters can, you know, herd the sheep. But back in biblical times, in Jesus' time, shepherding was a very um, affluent position that you could have if you had enough sheep. So in a village or a specific town, let's say there were 10 shepherds, that that was their city or their town. Of those 10 shepherds, each of them most commonly had at least 100 or more sheep in their flock. So they would tend to their sheep during the day and do what was necessary, tending to them throughout the full day. But at night, each shepherd, all 10 of them, if they were in one specific area would come to one central place called the sheepfold. The sheepfold, y'all, this is good. Okay. The sheepfold is a stone structure that was specifically built high enough to keep any predators out and high enough to make sure that any thieves could not climb over. There was one entrance that you could go in and that same entrance is what you would exit from, just one opening. So all the shepherds would take their sheep in the evening and herd them into the sheepfold. One by one, they would take turns, and nine of the shepherds would go back home and sleep peacefully, while the one person that was in charge of watching the sheep that night literally, physically laid himself across the opening of the sheepfold. The one opening because it would ensure, I mean, that's a lot of responsibility, a thousand plus sheep that you're responsible for some of your friend's sheep, be like watching your friend's kids or something. He would physically lay his body across the opening of the sheepfold. That would be to make sure that anyone who tried to enter would have to literally physically cross over his body to do so. And he would be awakened and he could protect his sheep. But what's interesting is think about it. A thousand sheep in this structure. And the next morning comes and the shepherds have to collect their sheep. What's so 
cool. When I read this, I was like, oh, I love your revelations, God. It's so cool. The shepherd would come in. First, he had to be recognized by the person that was in charge that night of watching the sheep. And he would say, oh, you are a true shepherd. I know you. Your sheep are, in fact, in here. Come on in. One at a time, they would come in. And the shepherd had to do one thing to herd his sheep. One thing. He had to call out to his sheep. And out of a thousand sheep that would be in this sheepfold, only his hundred would follow him out of the sheep gate, out of the sheepfold. Why? Because they knew his voice. They knew his voice. The Bible tells us that Jesus is our good shepherd. That he, in fact, laid his life down so that any predators, anyone who tries to come at us, that's our protection. They can't cross over. They can't harm us. They can't take us away from our destiny. But how do those sheep know their shepherd's voice? Because they spent time with him. How do I know my husband's voice? I have been with my husband for 23 years. Over half of my life and now exactly half of his life. <laughs> how do I know his voice? He, I could be on Main Street in Disney, USA, 4th of July, the busiest day of the year, Disney, and he could call me from across the way, and he would not say Amy. He would say, Aim. I would know in an instant that that's my husband. Why? Because I have a relationship with him. I'm around him. I know his voice. There is no way that you can learn to hear the voice of God. There is no way that you can learn what his voice sounds like if you are not spending time with him. The way that you hear his voice is by reading the word of God. The word of God is God's breath on a page. The word of God is the way that you learn his tone. It's the way you learn his nature. It's the way you learn all the nuances of how he thinks, what he wants for your life, the type of character that he has. You read in the word of God that he's a healer and when the enemy tries to tell you something different, a stranger's voice trying to get you to follow him, you're like, mm-mm, that's not my God. I know what his voice sounds like. If you came in here with anxiety today, I assure you, whatever you're listening to that's gotten you to this place, that is not the voice of your true shepherd. That's a stranger's voice and you have to silence it. You have to recognize what your shepherd actually sounds like what his character is like. Being in his presence, reading his word, is how you learn what his voice sounds like. There's no substitute for it. And it can't be done on your behalf. If you're coming Sunday after Sunday, I think that that's amazing. And I want you to keep doing so. But there has to be something in between to sustain you. There has to be something in between that you know. What a privilege as believers. What a privilege that we get to hear the God of creation speak to us. And he has beautiful things to say to us. Why would we think that he would love us enough to die for us, but he would not love us enough to speak to us? He's speaking to your situation today. He has something in mind for you today. There's a breakthrough on the other side of you learning to listen to what his voice sounds like. 
John 10, 14 is where it says, I alone am the good shepherd, and I know those whose hearts are mine, for they recognize me and know me. How do we know if it's him speaking? He would never contradict his word. That's why we have to know the word of God. Those, the word of God is part of the boundaries. It is the boundaries in which his word would fall. What he would speak to you would only, only be confirmed by his word. And number three. Sounds simple. But oh my, can it be so complex. To hear God's voice, number one, we have to believe that he's speaking to us. Number two, listen and learn what his voice sounds like. And number three, take time to listen. Everyone say time. Time. <laughs> Psalm 4610 says, be still and know that I am God. Many songs have been written be still and know. Beautiful, poetic, you know, nice ideas. But what if this verse actually meant to be still? <laughs> what a lost art. A am I right? I mean, I, for one, I literally can barely stay still, ever. Ever. It's really bad. Like, if you know me well, you know I'm a very fidgety person. Um, but it takes discipline to be still. It takes intentionality to be still. It might even take a lot of physical effort to make yourself be still in the presence of God. To take time to listen. The world is so loud. Isn't it louder than ever? Would you agree with me? Louder than ever. I mean, at our fingertips, you can stream anything your heart desires. There's so many opinions being blasted everywhere. There's so much information coming at us from all angles. And if we are not careful, the, the deafening sound of the world will drown out the voice of God in our lives. We have to actually take time to create opportunities, listen, for silence. Silence is golden, right? AMC. But in your relationship with the Lord, take time to actually listen. And listen, I don't want this to be some, you know, like confining thing, some legalistic thing, but, you know, I'm not necessarily saying to take a social media break, but you might need to. I'm not necessarily saying to wake up earlier each day, but you might need to. I'm not necessarily saying, you know, don't watch, consume so much media, but, but maybe, maybe you need to. Maybe it's the only way that you could give your total focus and attention to the God of the universe and what he wants to say to you as an individual. Maybe things have just been so chaotic 
And the very answer is that you just sit in a moment that you're silent. You're not talking. You're not urging him. You're not begging him. You're listening to him. And I know that when we could get to that point, we'll actually hear him. We'll give space, create space for him to speak. We have to take time to communicate with him, but then also time to listen to him. I love this quote by Tim Keller. It says, a vibrant prayer life is often grueling and rarely convenient. It's hard work and it's absolutely worth it. I believe heaven is speaking to us today. I believe something so beautiful can happen when you believe he's speaking to you. The holy, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is what gives us access to the power of God and hearing the voice of God today. So maybe this week, I don't want to say you have homework, call it what you will, but maybe you could take five minutes and just turn off the distractions. I mean, that doesn't sound too harmful, right? Too, too strict. I don't, I don't want you to get mad at me. But maybe five minutes, maybe ten. I mean, how desperate are you to hear something from God. I'm pretty desperate. I need him to speak to certain areas of my life. And maybe I just haven't taken time to listen about that specific area. Felt like maybe I, I was good to go. But if I just took a second, he could convict me. Not condemn. He could convict me. He could set me on the right path. See, you will never take time to listen to the voice of God unless you realize how absolutely necessary it is. His voice in your life is like a navigation system. My gosh, I get lost everywhere. I'm, I'm really like beating myself up. I move around a lot and I get lost a lot. And don't feed my children. <laughs> but his voice is like a navigation system in our lives. And I don't know about you, but when I take a wrong turn, I certainly need his voice to get me back on track, reroute me, tell me when to make a U-turn, tell me when to take an alternate route so that it can get back on the path that he has destined for me. We have to know the necessity of hearing the voice of God today. I believe that revelation is coming to you, that he's speaking to you. I believe that you're going to learn what his voice sounds like because you're going to spend time with him. And I believe that you're just going to let silence be something that is edifying to you, that you just take time to hear him this week. Five or ten minutes. And I can't, I can't wait to hear the testimonies that come from that. And you know what? You're going to crave it more. You're going to want it more. You're going to realize, oh my gosh, how did I go without this time? It's not about some legalistic thing where you're like, I did my devotion. It's not that. It's I spent time with Jesus. It should be fluid. It should be second nature. It should just be part of who you are as a believer. I love you all. I just want to pray over you really quick. And then Pastor Anthony's coming. Could you bow your heads just for a moment? Lord, I just thank you 
for what I believe is a God-breathed word, edifying to our spirits, challenging to our faith. Lord, I thank you that you have deposited something deep within us today. Let us be faithful to water that seed, God. Let us be faithful and diligent to walk it out and carry it out, Lord. Let us not be as those that hear something and then don't act on it, Lord. A true growth and opportunity comes from those who obey you, that you don't just speak so that we would listen, you speak so that we would obey, and it is our privilege to obey you, God. We wanna be better servants of the kingdom, better followers of Jesus. We wanna hear revelations that only heaven has for our lives. We just thank you that you're speaking and that we would be obedient to open our spiritual ears to hear it, God. Lord, I believe there are miracles happening in this place. I believe open doors of opportunities that would have been missed prior to this moment, God, are going to happen supernaturally in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we walk out of this place, it's a new day. It's a new season. It's a new time. Something is set in motion, and we receive that and believe that by the Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. I love you. Thank you so much for listening to the City of Life Church podcast. If City of Life has blessed you in any way, please consider giving by heading to col.tv and clicking on the Give tab. Have a great week.